podcast. I'm your host, Atiqua, aka That Finance Chick. If you're new here, I help women create balance between living life and reaching their financial goals with personal personalized strategies and wealth building systems because no one has time to be miserable just to say they have money. Now, if you happen to be a woman starting over in your 40s, you're in luck because thanks to our special guest, Benita, we will be creating a strategy to help her maximize her life and finances during this current chapter that you can also take from and apply to your life. A couple of questions that we're going to be working through during this session is how to balance taking care of you and family because they think you have extra funds because you don't have kids, forgetting that you're in education, <laughs> how to build a retirement nest egg starting over at 47, what to do as a single person about leaving something to your nieces and nephews, et cetera. A lot of financial information is available for couples, couples with kids, et cetera. But when you search for divorce, single, no children, females, the advice is weirdly thrown together and not realistic. I want to not be a financial burden for my family if I don't remarry and or have my own kids. And then last but certainly not least, how to retire earlier than our parents but not having any retirement saved at all is scary, but I want to live life and travel and et cetera. <laughs> so we got a lot to work through. Let's go ahead and bring Vanita in. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, Vanita. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So you said a mouthful. We got a lot to work through, especially that one, the first one, you know, <laughs> being single without kids and everybody thinks you have money and extra disposable income and all that but I know education don't pay nothing at all <laughs> and, not, and, and most educators we do not live beyond our means like we are not when we have extra money it goes back into the classroom it goes back into other people's children and yes. so um, I think a lot of times you know you have friends like girl come on let's take this trip and I'm like but you're a whole lawyer and you have a sponsor, which means they have a spouse or a significant other that's contributing to the household. It's I need a payment plan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Look, I working full time when I was in the education system, I was bringing home $1,600 after taxes for the entire month. Even though we live in Central Texas, that's not, that's nothing. <laughs> not at all. So we got to go ahead and, and nip some things in the bud so you can have whatever extra income you have left over for yourself. Yes. All right. So we already know, based on society, that people think that when you don't have any kids, you don't have any significant others, that you don't really have any real responsibilities. So any extra money you should be able to share with everybody, a.k.a. kind of like that black tax. <laughs> yes. Um. So... When you ask about how to balance taking care of you and your family, honestly, I'm just going to be real blunt. There is no balance between taking you and your family when these are extended people. These are people that you're just going to have to be like, look, I ain't got nothing else for you. <laughs> I have some things that I'm working on right now. I have to get myself taken care of. There's no such thing as extra money when I'm trying to get my retirement um, handled. And I'm also trying to live my life while I can move my body and stuff. Yes. <laughs> so it yeah. has Oh, go ahead. That part, I want to move. I want to move when I'm moving. Yes. Um, I, I know it's all art. Do you happen to be like the oldest child in the family? I'm that auntie. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the oldest. I'm right in the middle. 
and um, I am the auntie. And 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 aunt, when people say that auntie, that doesn't always mean the auntie that comes in and spoils the kids. Yeah, I'm the auntie that's there for them. Like if you need to talk, if you need a ride, and and I'm here. If you want to go hang out, and it's you know your mom and dad have said okay, I'm gonna go hang out with you at the mall because we're not gonna we don't do drop offs. Um, so I'm gonna. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna be at Starbucks and y'all walk by away every couple of hours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm that auntie. Um, but I do want to, you know, fill in any gaps there are. And it's not always gaps, but I just want to make sure that um they have the bougie black lifestyle growing up that I had. <laughs> of course. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to fill in the gaps from time to time. But I know once we get to the certain parts where we have to worry about, you know your retirement fund and then also traveling fund, then filling in those gaps will probably be happening less and less to get you yes. taken care of because you can't pour from an empty cup. True. And they are getting older now. So it is, they are working, mm -hmm. having their own job. So is they are not as um, needing upon having financial needs. Now it's just making sure, you know, auntie, I need to talk to you. And, and so that has shifted. Um, and that's been good. So I don't need to get Legos now. Every once in a while they want, you know, Every once in a while, they'll be like, can you cash at me some gas? But that's every once in a while. Oh. Um, I will say that they are very, all all of them um, have become very financial savvy. That's good. Because I'm thinking that these are still like younger children. So they still want <laughs> they still want the Legos and them things are expensive. <laughs> Come on, Lego. <laughs> For some plastic blocks you click together. <laughs> Those things are expensive. Yes, I didn't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So when you, when it comes to filling the gaps financially from time to time, about on average, how much would you say that you um, are giving out monetarily per month? Girl. Well, I think per month in the summertime, it shifts. Mm -hmm. um, so I think maybe per month is, is maybe I'll say 200 and I know it shifts again. It's going to increase a little bit. We have some in college and we have some going to high school. So I always try to give them some back to school funds. Um, um, but I'll say I'll average maybe 250 between all of them. It's not just one um, niece and nephew. Um, and so and then that that can fluctuate. Sometimes they don't need anything at all. Um, and sometimes they're like, oh, you know, I want to pay, start paying on my dues. I want to do this. Um, I have been trying to budget that in um, and just being like, kind of like, just put nieces and nephews and <laughs> budget that in. But then sometimes it is like, Oh, I forgot. Okay, let me scrape together this this hundred dollars and get to you real quick, um, because I did say I would help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Reality. <laughs> so, um, when they're so it mostly sounds like those are like basic needs that they are asking for, or if you just want to be that fun auntie from time to time and get them some toys. Right. Okay. All right. So I know you said it fluctuates from month to month. Sometimes they might need something. Sometimes they don't. Um, does it ever go more than $200, $250? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it depends It depends on when the activity, the, um, like I said, I have, I have one going to college in August. I know it's going to be a little bit more to help her get situated, um, even with the financial aid, even with the scholarships. I mean, look, 
moving in and getting adjustment is not $250. No, not so at all. We're going to be very realistic about that. So I, I will say I have been putting money to the side for that. So I haven't always been getting, um, you know, I stayed at a Target. Um, oh. <laughs> and then no uh, Amazon Prime, they know. Um, because I know that when we get to the dorm, we're going to have to pick up those little odds and ends and stock the fridge and just help her mom and dad, you know, get those last minute things where they're paying for books and Scott and, you know, paying for the, the major stuff mm-hmm. to help her kind of live her day to day life. I'll come in and help with that. That's good. I, my sister, my youngest sister is going off to college this, uh, in August and I, am tasked with getting her a college laptop that she can use specifically for coding. And yes, yes. <laughs> you to to Amazon Prime. <laughs> I need to while I'm playing because I've been shopping around at Best Buy and I'm like, these, where are the sales at? Come on, school's about to start. I need the sales. <laughs> right. And then she should be, um, you see if you can use her student, her student discount as she's, um, I think a lot of times they just need the acceptance information mm-hmm. um and she should be able to get a discount but yeah it, all of those things like oh my goodness i forgot it's been years and it's not the same either like we didn't need a laptop <laughs> you like know a typewriter what well, oh lord typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> okay yes that's that that was a while ago a little while ago yes. but it's all right <laughs> okay so it, it since you have been putting money to get uh, money to the side for the college movement specifically, I'm not really worried about too worried about that too too much. Okay. Um, the additional like two hundred dollars on average that you help out with family, I think that's it's nice. I mean, it does take a village, and it is nice to be able to reach out to somebody other than your parents if if they need help. Um, we are going to go through the budget a little bit to see okay. if there's a way that you can have a specific number that you don't go over per month for that extra help, because we still need to make sure that we are prioritizing you. Got you. All right. Um, and are you pretty much the only auntie that they, that they go to for um, help? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I'm the only aunt on their mother's side. Gotcha. They do have other aunts, but I I'm, I mean that's that's on the other side. So I don't they may be going to both sides. They were smart. They were going to both sides. <laughs> I cannot even answer that honestly because I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so now that we've kind of covered that, I want to go ahead and get to the next question of um your 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 retirement nest starting over at 47. So since you are starting over there's do you have a retirement account through your school system yes i so i do have um about three retirement accounts in different states okay um, and so i but together like if i wanted to retire um right now like i think 55 or uh, 58 together i know right now is not enough for me to be able to handle um, just my bare minimum monthly expenses Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to figure out how to, um, I don't want to say aggressively, because I don't know if aggressively is what I can do right now, but more strategically, right? put money in um, those. Um, I think, too, I can't add anything else because I'm no longer in that state, but I can just, when it's time for me to start receiving, I can receive 
mm-hmm. and or open a brand new one um, okay. and then start putting more money in there. Um, I know some because in education, we can't always match. Like when you're in business world or in a different professional develop profession, the they will match you. That does that's not always the case when you're an educator. So a lot of times it is up to us opening a separate one and then looking to see how that can be added to what we would get from the state. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I need them to, if they want people to still work in education, <laughs> I need them to go ahead and and up these benefits a little bit more because uh that's absolutely ridiculous. I know here, uh, I know here our school district just had a got a new superintendent, but the previous one was getting paid like three, four hundred thousand dollars a year. A hundred thousand dollars here, you are you are good. <laughs> you are good. Um, but like the teachers aren't getting paid anything. Um, and it's gotten to the point where surrounding school districts are trying to get people to go into the four-week school district. Now uh I mean four day school and then um now there's a, a fall break in October for a week. So there's a week in October, November, two weeks in December. <laughs> so it's like they're doing everything but paying people and giving the proper benefits. And, so, and, and the reality of that is um, I, I'm transitioning out of the classroom, going okay. into a different field that will affect my pay. But that's one of the main reasons why I I literally, after 25 years, it's like, I can't afford to be a teacher anymore. Like I literally can't afford to be a teacher in a traditional setting mm-hmm. and think I'm still going to retire before my parents retired right? at their age. Um, and I was like, I have to do something else. I should have done something else earlier, but I did. <laughs> but I was like, I have to do something else now to increase my income mm-hmm. so that I can, I can still live off the income I made previously because I'm used to that. So I can take that abundance and put it into investing, put it into my my retirement funds. And that's where I'm kind of stuck where it's like, how do you transition over? And and you said it earlier. So sometimes it's just the mentality of how we, the mentality of what we have as teachers has just been, you've been doing this wrong for so long. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're just like how do we fix this mentally and then move forward? Yeah, but I know everybody has um. Like when you get into education and if that is like the calling that you've had, like that's not something that you want to give up so easily because it takes a special person to work in the classroom. Don't put me in nobody's classroom. (laughs) Do not put me in nobody's classroom. (laughs) As long as you know, like people be like, oh, I could never. And it's okay. Like I could never be a nurse. You know, I'd be like, you want to go to the bathroom? I told you not to get up. I said, don't get up. Like I don't have the bedside manner. And so as long as everybody knows, you know, their place and, and even if you try to, you're like, cause I've had teachers who tried and it's like, you know what, let me go back over here and do instructional curriculum or let me write some stuff in the yeah. background. And as long as you know, but you're right. It, it, everybody has to know their place. And, and that is a calling. Um, even within education, we, you know, I, I'm not a SPED teacher for a reason. You know, I loved working in SPED when I was in there. Um, but when you put me in, you know, regular education, oh no. no and that's no. so funny because we ne- we we work together, but we would never flip. <laughs> like I would never, I wouldn't even know what to do. I would be like, what? Huh? Um, and, and and then like, you know, just like my elementary school teachers, so they were like, we would never come to middle school. I know. 
It's okay. The ele elementary and middle school, you got it. Um, I was I was doing elementary for PPCD. Um, I enjoyed it. When I started working in regular education, I, I skipped straight to high school because at least I can communicate with y'all straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> but once little Timmy tried to size me up one day, I was like, you know what, God? This is not my calling. So <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. That's so funny because you they size you up and then they go down the hall and then they come and be like, you can I borrow a pencil? <laughs> and you be like, what? I don't have a pencil. Mr. Jackson won't let me in. Okay, baby, here you go. I'll talk to you about you. I'll talk about you trying to check me later. Go ahead and go to class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's what it is. With the retirement accounts in different states, um, are you able to roll them over into one or is it better for you to leave them in the separate entities that they're in? That is a good question. I have never even thought about rolling them over into one. Um, okay. Hmm. I need to look at that. Yes. The reason I ask is because um, compounding interest will work for you a lot better when you have all of the... Um, balances in one account, depending on your allocations, instead of, okay, well, over here, I might be getting a 6% return on investment over there. I might be getting a 10% return on investment. Well, let's see if we can roll it over so that we can have our money working for us as much as possible. Compounding interest works um, great with obviously time, but with more money too. Okay. Oh, that's good. Thank you. I did not think about that. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And then um, because I, I know they're not matching, but we want as many cards working for you <laughs> mm -hmm. as possible. Um, so we definitely want to make sure or see if we can roll those over into your current, um, 401k or are you using like a 403b? Um, whatever Voya has. <laughs> they have a lot of products. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to pull them back up. That's, okay. Y'all so, need to know what y'all have. Don't be like me. <laughs> so then we need to see what current product you have. All right. And um, in the retirement accounts total, like if you can give a ballpark, how much is in all three of them? Oh, gosh. Maybe. Oh, girl. I think under 25000 Okay. Um, Some of the retirement was used for IVF. Okay. And so that's why it's, it's lower in some accounts than others. Gotcha. IVF is expensive. And it's even more expensive when you don't end up with a baby. You be sitting there like, give them. I would like a refund. Um, <laughs> but that's not how it works. So you're looking at the way I want my money back. Listen, I, when I started looking at it, um, just as like different options, um, what is it? Not uh, Barbados. They have like this package or whatever. You go out there um, and I think it's, you get three or four sessions or something, or you're out there for two weeks for five or $6,000. Mm -hmm. uh, and I told my husband, if we ever get to the point where we are, uh, we have to do that, then we go to Barbados. Cause looking at the numbers in the United States, these people, this is absolutely ridiculous. 
Um, A lot of people actually do that. Um, And a lot of minorities who are doing uh, fertility treatment Mm -hmm. do look outside of the United States um, and safely are able to go um, and do the procedures. And yes, that's, that's, that, unfortunately, that is how it is. If you're able to do that. Um, Yes. That's a whole nother story. We're we going to move on. <laughs> that's, another, that's another podcast episode. <laughs> so, okay, there's about $25,000 in all three. Um, what? So I know the goal is to retire before your parents. When did they retire? Oh, girl, I had to think about that the other day. So our mother retired at 65 and she passed about... A year after retiring. Okay. And so I think that's the part that kind of gets me where I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I need to retire like at 55, 56. I can have, I mean, not saying that you know, because yeah. you don't. Yeah. But um, that kind of pushed up my, and I think my parents about 65, 66, kind of pushed up my time for me to retire because I was like you know you're just you know normally you're raised okay 65 is a normal age and I'm like oh yeah that's that's not old because it's not um but when I hit my 40s and now I'm closer to 50 I'm like oh wait a minute no I need to be in my 50s retired and moving as such moving when I'm ready to move okay so so I'll say I'm giving myself about eight years eight years and you still stay in Florida? Yes. Oh, we never asked them. Nobody ever asked me. Where <laughs> I'm, I'm the gypsy child. Okay. So I can't say I'm gonna be in Florida in eight years. That's that's like that's gonna be. I don't. Okay. Know. Um, I can say I will be here for the next two to three mm-hmm. years. Um, definitely the next. I know definitely the next two years, and de- I'll say the next three years, so I can work and set up some okay. things. Um, but I love to travel. I do love going abroad, taking a job for six months, coming back. So, um, yeah, even my family goes, their question is, where are you going next? I'm like, I don't know. That's a good question. Let me figure that out. (laughs) Let me throw something at the wall and see if it'll stick. I don't know. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I'm going to try. I'm going to make sure it sticks before I leave, but (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) leave. Okay. So then, um. It sounds like even during retirement, you plan on traveling abroad often. Yes. Which actually sounds like it can work in your favor, considering that um, we have about eight years um, for you to build up a retirement nest egg. Because if you travel abroad, you know, well, I'll say that right now because our dollar is, is in most countries still weighed more. For now, right. <laughs> but you said it right. I will say that um, let's say if you did decide to retire now, being able to go over abroad, um, you would be able to live comfortably in certain countries for sure. And then, like you said, you know, get a job for six months, rebuild some things, and then um, keep it moving. Especially if you're going to other countries where English, um, like they're still pushing English as a as a main language you can easily become an english teacher and yes. you know you have that that salary coming in because if you stay i'm 
just being realistic over the next eight years and depending on your budget and how aggressive you can be, um, retiring and then staying in Florida would be a challenge to live off of that income. <laughs> I mean, the, the benefit of taxation does help. No taxation, yes. but the cost of living is what is the downfall, right? Yeah. Right now or normally because um, Florida's real estate bubble does not burst like other places. It consistently is um, high. <laughs> like that, this, that this, it does not come down. Um, and so you're correct. It would be, it would be something that I would need to definitely always um, look at and see where's the best retirement settle place for me. Like when I settle and decide to stay still, where should I go? For sure. Uh, Cause I'm like, I know I, some people will be like, Oh, well, this is home. I'm not trying to leave home. And I'm like, well, you either going to be working for the rest of your life or you got to find some place else to go. <laughs> it's it's going to get expensive. Um, and I, I didn't, check, I, I didn't check my lottery number, so I don't know. Um, but if we just going off regular stuff. Yeah. And, I, and I'm from Virginia. Oh, so Virginia taxes, you know, they will. Looks like you have a car in your yard. Let's tax it. Mm -hmm. Honey, that's just four wheels. Yes. Oh, you want to tax that too? Okay. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. And making six figures out there, you might as well be making a minimum wage. Like it, it does nothing. Does nothing. And I'm from Northern Virginia too. Like I, I tell my husband, you know, if we would have bought the same exact house where I'm from, we would have paid about $600,000 compared to the 125 we paid here. Uh, there's no way. There's no way that I would go back to Virginia. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and, and Virginia, we love you two up, two down. But yeah, it's and I'm from Southern Virginia, so the houses still haven't gotten um, that high. We call it South Side. So like right near Petersburg, Richmond, yes. south of them. Yes. They haven't gotten as high as we're. We're never going to get as high as Northern Virginia, certain areas. Mm -hmm. But um, with the ink, with the pay that you get in that area. And the rising cost of everything, it, it does not balance right now. Yes. No, 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 no. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> which is which will make makes you want to go overseas even more. Okay. Um. <laughs> all right. So tackling the um the retirement, do you automatically have your uh, partial of your your paycheck going into your retirement account? I do not. And I never I, I had the automatic one, like the school would do, but I don't think I have ever sent anything extra. Okay. So that's the first thing we need to do. Yes. After we figure out whether it's a 401 or 403. Well, regardless of what product it is, we want to add as okay. money to it as possibly without um, it putting a financial strain on you because you also still want to live your life now while you are um, building that retirement account. So- um, the school is automatically allocating a certain amount to your um, retirement fund. Um, do you know about how much they are allocating automatically? I do not know. Okay. I think, well, it depends on the state. I know like the standard might be like 3%, 5% of your pay. I think that's, I think that's so. I was about to say 3%. Okay. Um, uh -oh. oh my gosh. So one, educators, me included, mm -hmm. Uh, we're not doing a good job keeping up with this. We need to do a better job. I, I'm like, girl, wait a minute. I don't 
know the answer. Okay, so now the rest of the day will be online looking at all of this information. Fine, because although we're doing like a, a little a session right now, you still gonna have homework when we do. <laughs> yeah, I saw you write some stuff. Down. <laughs> okay, so if we if we're just taking a guess and they are allocating three percent of your uh, your money before taxes, um, what is your monthly salary? About $4,200. Okay. All right. So that's about $126 going into your retirement of retirement fund. So yeah, uh, for the next eight years, we definitely need to uh, increase that because let me pull okay. up my compounding interest calculator here. How much do you think that you're going to want to have before you um, want to retire? You know, everybody says a million. Like, I want a million. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think for me, it's not what I want. It's like literally what do I need? Right. Like, what's the bare minimum I would need to have in there? And then I can work, I guess, work backwards to ensure that the bare minimum is in there. Okay. Um, and then everything else is extra. All right. Um, and then it, like monthly, it would still probably need to be about, I would say I can do 3,300 like in retirement um, per month. That would include like all of the bills minus, you know, the extra stuff I do now. I'm not going to do all of that Netflix and all of the crazy stuff. Okay. Um, Oh, all of the memberships is not gonna be all that. But yeah, in my head, I'm like 3,300. But of course, that's eight years, inflation, and all of the things, um, investments going up and down. Yes, because we don't know what inflation is gonna be looking like in the next couple of years. No, we, we're trying to just get to the end of this year. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, so that's not going to work. We need. Okay. About five. We have eight years to grow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, because right now at $126 a month, um, that's about $1,500 extra a year that's going to your um, retirement. And that's it's doing something, but it's not going to allow you to comfortably uh, retire within the next eight years, especially if we're going to be working off of that 10% interest rate um, if you are allocating your funds to in, um, index funds. And I know somebody right now, I mean, if they watch the replay or if they're in here, are going to be like, where am I going to get 10%? Index funds. Index funds is amazing. I just recalibrated my husband's portfolio uh, a couple months back. And the last three months, he's had an average return of about 12%. Um, and that's just short term, not even talking long term. So it, index funds are going to be um, your best friend, especially if you're not going to get into trading. Um, if you are going to want to get into trading, I would recommend that you get into a class um, from Terry Egioma. She is part of Trade mm -hmm. and Travel, or she does Trade and Travel, excuse me. And um, I think that if you 
get into her course and learn that skill, you can ease, not easily, you can pad your income by learning a new skill. And even if you are traveling or even if you're still working, um, you are able to generate income off of the market. Um, I know she was, I, I think I saw a post from her recently where she was traveling to some other country. <laughs> uh, and I think she had traded to get about $30,000 or something like that. Um, it doesn't have to be that, that scale, but it can be a skill that can help you, you know, generate income while you're traveling all over the place without actually having to clock in somewhere. Okay. Yes. I, I heard about her somewhere on YouTube also. Okay. And she is so sweet. She's very sweet. All right. So, but you are still want to want to main, maintain the long-term investment portion so um, okay. if you get into tra trading eventually, you would essentially be using your long-term investments as a savings account. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Because right now, I if we did, if you did $5,000 in addition to your current principal of about $25,000 in all of your accounts, um, in eight years at a 10% interest rate, that gets you to roughly around $116,000. And of course, that doesn't include market fluctuations. And that's not going to last you long uh, for retirement. Now, it is more than the average person has for retirement for sure. But if you're really trying to travel and you, if we follow the standard rule of um, taking 4% from your retirement, that's not going to last. Mm -hmm. um, so... It's one of these things where we either need to move your time frame up, um, additional income needs to be put towards the retirement account, or there is additional income that needs to be made from the, uh, another income source. I know you said that you are moving departments. Uh, what departments are you are you moving to now? So I'm. This is hold on. So I'm okay. leaving a traditional classroom, <laughs> and I'm opening a micro school. Okay. Um, and so that will um, be an adjustment in the fluctuation of income, but it won't be a decrease. So when you when you first start, try and make sure you have, you know, just anything you open, any tutoring, any school you open, sure. you want to make sure you have your students in place, your funding in place for your brick and mortar, being able to pay yourself and your staff. And so that part. And then as you get more students and as you grow, your income is able to increase and you're able to put the money, put more money back into the school and, and supporting the students. So that's why I am right now, but also just being able to do eBooks and you were saying, bring in more income, do eBooks, do speaking engagements, um, monetize a podcast. So all of those little extra pieces where requires work. As soon as I find something that doesn't require me to work, I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> but everything else. And so we're looking at keeping the same salary, but bringing in additional income um, from doing the other things that all blend in with the education aspect of it. Um, okay. and so anticipating bringing in about 10,000 more on the side of this, those extra well, not extra, but the other pieces that go along with um, being an education and being a, a veteran educator, um, a seasoned educator. Okay. 
Um, now, when you say that you are anticipating about $10,000 uh, from those additional income sources, is that something that you want to make or, if that, or is that something that you actually did, like, did the math and projections on? So the math projection is about only about half, but I'm like, no, just double it. <laughs> it's like go harder. <laughs> I got you. Okay. And um, when you talk about funding, so are parents not paying to enroll your, their children into the micro school? Yes, they are. So parents are paying. It is it is a for-profit. So it's not a non-profit school. There's a tuition. Um, it's a sliding scale. We also get grants and fellowships to help with all of the materials and brick and mortar just to keep the school going because it's an innovative alternative um, or school choice for the traditional schools. Um, and so we're looking at getting the funding to come in to ensure that we can pay our teachers, and sure we can pay all of the adults, but ensuring that we still have everything we need for the kids to have a great learning experience. Okay. So, all right. So it's since it's sliding scale, on average, what would the tuition cost be? On average, the tuition is about ten thousand for the school year. School year. For school year. And is that a year round thing or is it, you know, you get summer break still? We still get summer breaks, but we also just like any other place where you want your kid in summer bridge program or summer enrichment program, that's additional funding. Um, okay. It doesn't, it's not included in the regular tuition. Gotcha. Tuition. Okay. So, um, about how long until you open up the micro school? September. Ooh, that's real quick. <laughs> if, we, if, we can, if we can finish everything, we'll do it in August. But we're waiting on a couple of more things to come through. So September. Well, congratulations to you. Thank you. You're I'm welcome. excited. Um, the kids, kids, me. During COVID, we realized that there were some kids who. Um, actually function great in the midst of the situation, um, thrived in the midst of the change and adjustment to regular traditional school. Mm -hmm. um, and I still want to service those students um, and the ones that are coming behind them. Um, school choice is definitely what it needs. Like some kids need Montessori, some kids need homeschool. Yes. Yes. Um, some kids need outdoor school. Like you just have to figure out what um, they need, some kids need small groups. Some kids, they don't care if they get lost in the mix. They go be good anyway. Yeah. Um, and so it's just helping parents, guardians, their adults figure out what's best. And we open a micro school to to help them. That's amazing. Because I, I know when we um, start having our own children and they're going through school, we I've already made the decision. I put my foot down. I don't care. They're not going to the public school. Not Especially not out here. Um if I have to wake up one day or one morning and be old McDonald had a farm and the next one Mary had a little lamb, we just don't get it done because <laughs> I, I can't. I'm not having anybody else go through public school. Um, if I if the child that we have right now, if I had the chance, um, she definitely wouldn't have been in public um, uh, high school right now either. But you can only do so much in the, the time frame that you get, but right. I, I really like that idea and I'm happy for you. Thank you. And and I always tell parents, look, sometimes what you want and what has to happen, because the reality, like I have a lot of parents are like, oh my gosh, thank you. Because 
we wanted to homeschool, but the reality is that we are dual income. We have to go to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I understand like completely. And I'm a product of public school. I've been in public charter parochial school for 25 years, charter schools. I've been in all of the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still goes back to what does that child need? And is it accessible? Because that's the thing we were trying to make sure. We just want to make it accessible, uh, financially and accessible for the parents. And just help parents, because you know, parents are the first teachers. You For the, sure. I'm not <laughs> teach that potty training thing. Mm-hmm. I watched my sister and brother go through it with their kids and, and my niece's mom. And I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> just go. <laughs> Not just go. Oh, but, but 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 that that's the part of teaching and learning that as parents um, and guardians and adults, you go through. And then as a teacher, as an educator, we team up and we go, okay, so what's the best way to move him or her, move them to the next? level um and, and how do they need to function how do they learn best yeah um, and so that's the most important like i know people look oh you know homeschool versus public school no what does your child need because <laughs> some, sometimes sometimes we in my house one of us needed to be popped because you didn't get the message mm-hmm. and sometimes my mama could look at us and we got the message so what does that child need <laughs> That's as simple as it is. So like, yeah. even, even me coming on here, like I grew up middle class, mm-hmm. understood money. Um, but then it goes back to what is what do I need? My life has shifted and changed. I was married with a divorce. So I, I'm used to, I was used to two incomes. Then I went to one. And then it, um, going through different changes and moving and adjusting. And when you do move different states, your teacher income does vary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not always, it's not the same across the board going from the DMV coming South. It is a shift. Yes. <laughs> okay. I don't say that. And then coming from the South to the mid South is another shift. Yes. And so me just coming, coming back and trying to put everything on a even playing field, talking to you about it. And I'm like, Oh snap. Like I, I see the gaps that I was missing to try and get myself back on track to retirement. Yeah, but at least you're in you're in a situation where you can ask for what you need because there are many people who can't get to the next step because they can't ask for what they need because they don't know what they need. They know right. that, you know, there are some gaps, but they don't know what the gaps are. You can give me a budget and I can write all of these numbers down, but that does never, it never equals what's in my account. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. And Ooh. so I had to start that process over again and say, okay, write down everything you spend down to yeah. the penny. And then I can see, okay, this is where we're, this is where the money is leaking. Yes. This is what and we need to do. If you want to take it to the next step, um, I like using categories or zero-based budgeting, pretty much giving all of your dollars a job. So if you break all of your spending into categories, you can see, all right, where is most of my money going and where, um, you know, does it need to go? So I used to do the whole percentage thing, but people got so caught up on it. And it's like, no, your life and your circumstances are different. So let's just do categories. What is your, what are your mandatory expenses? then you're saving an investment, then your extra debt repayment, and then fund. Those are the four main categories that you need. Uh, so you can pretty much categorize your, um, your spending and see if you need to make some switches or not. 
because where a lot of times people will come to me and they say, oh, well, I need to make more money. Hold on. <laughs> Let's figure out where the money is going first before we <laughs> figure out if you need more money or not. And oftentimes they have financial bleeding, whether it's um, Klarna payments, eating out, shopping, uh, things like that. So it's like, all right, let's get the financial bleeding situated first before we introduce more money, because now it's just you're just going to be feeding the uh, the the bleeding. Oh yes, oh, <laughs> feeding the bleeding. I like that. <laughs> I didn't think about because I am I am so I was like I just need to make more money, but I know I was like I just need to stay out of Target. <laughs> I promise you, know? you like did that. I was like, we're not going to go to Target for this particular month. And I didn't go. And I was like, okay, it's Target. Not, I have nothing against you, Target. It's me. But <laughs> I mean, it's me. <laughs> but now I can go and literally just like, with, it's a stress relief. So I can just go and get a cart and, and listen to a podcast and, and look at stuff and touch stuff and, and get a Starbucks and leave. Like, I, that's all I came I conquered. I looked. I, I didn't leave with anything. I spoke to other Target women that's there with me early in the morning before their kids wake up so they can get some stress relief. And I go home. So I think I had to retrain what yeah. I was doing um, instead of blaming others outside of me. <laughs> <laughs> the Target dollar spot. And it's, it's the teachers. The teachers are the dollar spot. I don't know what it does to us. We get excited. Because because y'all uh, automatically go into, oh, how can I use this for my kids? How can I use this for my lessons? I know I have a student who's a visual learner. Let me see if I can find some, you know, bluey uh, stuff and see if that'll catch their attention with doing some math equations. And then I, and the people are like, oh, you teach middle school. You don't need glue. They love it. love a sticker on their hand, just like a kindergartner. Go yes, it. absolutely. <laughs> One thing I love about um, uh, the... This generation is the fact that it doesn't matter what they're interested in. They they have fully embraced being multifaceted people. Like they can still watch Dora the Explorer and be happy, but also they still listen to Cardi B. <laughs> it's balance. <laughs> that's what I don't, that's what I tell people. I don't care. They were like, you know, the middle schoolers they be cussing you out. Uh and I go, okay. And then I have to say, so you call me this B word, get out of this B's class until tomorrow mm. because I'm the only English teacher. <laughs> so you oh. got to come back. <laughs> but we going to work it out. Now, my name starts with the B, but it's not going to be too, too many more B's. No, 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 no. So I'm about no. to go home. Now, I don't have a problem taking a mental health day anymore, mm. but I'm coming back. Where you going to be? And so once they get that understanding that they actually do need me, mm -hmm. and we're gonna have to get, we're gonna have, we don't have to like each other, but the respect is gonna be there. Absolutely. And then we move forward. But yes, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's funny you look at them and like, and I had to tell them we the same size, not the same age. Okay, <laughs> just just so you understand. The we got a fifteen year old in the house right now. One day when she stood toe to toe with me, and I'm like, oh girl, you better go sit down somewhere. <laughs> I was listening to them. Oh, a comedian the other day, she, all her kids, she said, all my kids are taller. She said, I just remind my boys, I swing up. I said, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Did she just say that? I don't, I don't swing straight. I swing up. I'm going to catch that chin. She said, I'm going to catch that chin right there. And she was like, before people in the audience start calling, <laughs> calling people on me, I'm playing. You do not touch our children. Oh, my they, You know, they get punishment and they get things taken away. But she said, like, but you got to remind 
just yeah. in case. Like the, I ain't no killer, but don't push me. Like <laughs> I'm not a killer, but don't maybe murder you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Love you. So based on... We are going to fix my finances, okay? <laughs> yes, yes. And it's okay. This is why I like this this um, this format, because we can have a conversation instead of, you know, me just grilling you about your finances, because during the conversation, I pick up on other stuff, too, <laughs> that I can uh, that I can mention within your strategy. Because now I know that you like the dollar spot, spot at Target. <laughs> no way. I'm not going to Target today. Okay. But I, haven't been, I haven't been in like three days. I'm good. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so with the, the budgeting part, so with um you already have a good three percent going into your um account, your retirement account automatically, which is a good start. But again, even if we were able to you if you increased your contributions to five that total up to five thousand dollars annually, it still would only bring it to about hundred and sixteen thousand. So now now that I know that you have another income source coming in at some point, um, how soon do you think that you're going to start getting paid from your micro school? Girl, that's a good question. Because, you know, when you start a business, uh-huh. <laughs> it takes a minute sometimes for you to get your income. I want to say by January, it will be um, as fixed okay. um, as we can. We're going to make it per month of course and and when you have a business you know if like your monthly income does fluctuate according to the needs yes of the business um but uh, we i kind of have a set the bit have the minimum set of what i want to be able to bring home per month okay um and then anything over that we'll hold on always hold on to it and let it roll over and see okay. what we need so what would be your uh, minimum income don't laugh. But like my minimum income would be like about twenty two hundred. Oh, that's not. Listen, first year in business, I don't expect people to have <laughs> like an astronomical income source because you're still getting yourself out there. Then you're also dealing with people's kids, like, and then their budget. So I twenty two hundred dollars, I think is is pretty solid. But is that also in addition to the current salary that you have, or is that replacing the salary that you have? Replacing. Okay. All right. So then that means that retirement is going to be on the back burner until you get to a certain point in income um, that you can that you can take care of your um, expenses in retirement at the same time, because you, without income, there is no, you know, retiring early, uh, catching up on retirement or traveling. You're, you're going to be pretty consumed for a while with the micro school and creating an income source. So. (laughs) Looks like no. Okay, but now that you said that, but I do want to go backwards for a minute. Because you were saying put in 5,000 annually. Would that be like, do I need to, would it be like, okay, here's a a bonus, put Mm -hmm. that in there? Or does it need to be like what you were saying, like you need to be taking out, you need to be automatically putting something in your IRA? 
or 401? If you were still going to be working at the school uh, long-term, I would say uh, to call your HR or your benefits department and have them increase your contributions. Um, So it's automatically taken out and you don't have to touch it. But if you are um, going to start the micro school and you are um, waiting for your first income to come in, uh, your first like pay to come in in January, then once you, you, since you're going to be starting a business, you're probably going to look into um, starting a SEP IRA for your business. Um, So that way it minimizes your tax liability still. But you can contribute. Oh, it's been a while since I checked the contributions. But I, I think you can contribute uh, fifty thousand or so without tax implications. Okay. So um, you're probably going to be looking at a step IRA. When have you already reached out to like a tax strategist for your business? No, I have a meeting next week with like an accountant, a business accountant person to help with the taxes. Um, see what um, system will work better for our payroll and taxes. Okay. Um, so I'll meet with her next week. Good. Okay. Um, so then that way she can better um, guide you on what type of retirement account you should open for that specific business. I know um, my tax strategist had us at, um, or talked to me about the SEP IRA, um, but that's mainly because I don't want a team of people. Uh, I want to keep that finance chick as simple as possible and then use my income for the next venture. (laughs) But because I don't have to worry about payroll for multiple people, I have a little bit more leeway. So definitely have her go through the options of what you should open um, in terms of your retirement account for your business so you can get the most bang for your buck. Um, Let me see here. Now... If you are going to be opening the micro school and your first pay is not going to happen until about January, what are you going to do from September to January for income? Mm-hmm. Okay. No. I'm sorry. So I, I do. Get... <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I do um, receive. So I do have one income still coming in because I'm still working that particular job. Okay. Um, it's about thirteen hundred. A month, um, okay. so that's still coming in. Uh, it's a part-time um, position in education, uh, but my full-time income will cease um, the end of this month. The end of this month to transition okay. into the micro school. So it will be about four, four and a half months without the full income. Um, if we're structuring it correctly. I'm saying January for me to make sure that the other two instructors are paid um, okay. to help. And, and we have the bills kind of, you know, fluctuating. I know what this is and what this is. It may be earlier. Okay. Um, and so we just have to look in my head. I'm like, okay, girl, just January. <laughs> but it, of course I wanted to be earlier so that we can be set and then really focus on, you know, what what else do I need to do? For the students getting the field trips, getting all of the things done, because you kind of, um, you know, when you're when you're a solopreneur, you're doing all of the pieces. Yes. Um, which educators, we don't really like that part. We just want to be educating. <laughs> like, oh, I don't really like that part, but that is part of being a um, an entrepreneur. We call ourselves being an entrepreneur. 
Um, and so if I would, could get it done faster and by the end of the new year, end of 23, have everything set up. So when we roll into 2024, oh my gosh, we roll into 2024, um, it'll be kind of solid and consistent. I would appreciate that. Okay. Um, so for those couple of months while your, um, your full-time income is ceasing, how are you handling your expenses? Um, the bare minimum, like car, no car insurance, paying okay. off credit cards, um, kind of using the credit cards, then paying them off. So okay. it's not um, anything held against me, but yeah, that's the like literally the bare minimums. Like, um, yeah. I still, I, I can do my hair, but I cannot do my nails. So that part is still in there, but okay. I, I can, I can, um, wash my locks and retwist them myself and just literally just sat down and said, okay, what is the, the bare minimum? The only thing my, um, <laughs> the Netflix and, and I have the family plan and then this is a nephew is like sending me money. <laughs> like, please don't cancel. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love y'all. Okay. So we'll keep Netflix. Cause that's all I've had it for years. And it's always been a family plan. Cause they've always been on there, but even just talking to them and saying, okay, look, auntie, um, I got no job, <laughs> so, but you guys have jobs, and so you should be okay. And so, um, auntie gets all the way back situated, um, and them understanding, them understanding what's going on. Um, but yeah, just being very um, strategic about spending, and then picking up. Like I will pick up um, a freelance job here to do some social media. Um, a freelance job here to do some photography okay. um, to help $500 here, $600 here um, to help just put something um, on the books. Okay. <laughs> so then, because uh, starting a, a business is a beast in itself. Um, and oftentimes you are robbing Peter to pay Paul when you are starting out. Mm -hmm. So I know retirement was one of the biggest things that you wanted to cover, but honestly, income is the, your main focus. I know. You saw how that shifted? Yeah. I thought it was just... Because <laughs> I was like, so I reached out to her about retirement, mm -hmm. but sitting here literally talking through it with another person out loud who's not an educator, because <laughs> talking to the educators, we were like, yeah, girl, da, da, da. we're going to make, because we know how to make it yeah. work. But sitting here, I was like, yeah, my retirement is going to have to pause and I need to focus and finish this. Mm -hmm. And then, a part of me is crying also while I'm talking to you. And then um, pick it back up. But then I feel like now when I pick it up, I know I have lost more time. So now I'm like, well, how do I? Now I have to come back and be like, now you need to tell me how to do this aggressively because and we, I've lost and we, six minutes. And we can do that um, because honestly, once you get to the point where you are making consistent um, full-time income in your business, it's not necessarily that you've lost time. We can make that up with the with your contributions um, because it's one of those things that you take a couple of steps back so you can propel yourself forward. And that's one of the, the I mean, those are one of the, it's not a harsh reality, but it's, it's part of starting that business, especially since a lot of people, uh, when they start a business, it's not necessarily, okay, I have this year's worth of salary saved so I can 
um, fully work on my business. It's okay. I'm starting it now. Um, I don't have much stashed away at this point, but I'm going to make it work. And once you get to that point where you have the income, do you, do you already have like um, students partially enrolled? So we're sat in them up now and they're um, doing their enrollment fees and we're getting some other things situated for the brick, brick and mortar. Uh -huh. um, and so I don't have enough signed up that I would <laughs> feel comfortable, but within the next two weeks, we'll do a full press um, to do advertising, recruitment and get some more kids signed up. Okay. Yeah, so since you you already have um, kids start uh, signing up, so you're already bringing in revenue. Um, and as people, as your business picks up full speed, full steam, you'll have the additional income sources coming in. So right now you're contributing $126, um, which is better than nothing, of course. But let's say you're making $10,000 a month um, within your business. Then I can say, all right, girl. Now we got to go ahead and put maybe $2,000 a month into your retirement account so we can be as aggressive as possible. And then we can also, <laughs> we can also. I'm laughing because I'm like, you, you're talking to a teacher. I was like $10,000 a month. <laughs> Let me do that. At? No, $10,000 a month. I would claim that, amen. Because then that would mean we are full staffed and our kids are full and we are in the, we are doing it like they are ready to go and we are preparing them for the for the greatness. But we're also making sure that my educators that are working with me are paid for sure um, for their for their greatness. And then also, even if you don't touch like the ten thousand dollars for a while, even if you are making enough to let's say your um, you said your net income was about forty two hundred dollars. at OK, mm -hmm. so even if let's say you get to uh, $5,000 where you completely replace your, your income. Now you have this additional 800, then I will just say, put that $800 towards that retirement account. Um, so that's still way more and it's not taking you out of your, um, your comfort zone or the budget that you were initially set because at $25,000 it, uh, with your current, uh, let's see, with your current principal times 12, that's an additional $9,600 annually. We have eight years to grow, 10 years for an interest rate. We compound interest one time annually. That turns into $174,000. But the more you um, keep stashing money away, because even after your retirement age, I still want you to put money um, away um, so that you're mm -hmm. st still replenishing yourself. So... Uh, Let's see, 47, let's do 20 years of growth at $9,600 annually, because I know that you're not just going to give up on your micro school during re for retirement. Uh, you're still going to have a hand in it. <laughs> <laughs> so after 20 years, because that's you after 20 years at uh, and retiring or starting to pull from your retirement at 67, you would have $773,000 roughly um, into your retirement, pro, uh, your retirement account of course, not including market fluctuations, but that time makes a huge difference. I know the mindset around wanting to, to retire earlier than your parents because your mom passed away a year after, but then you also want to make sure that you're living your life now. So there is not that regret that, okay, I waited until I was 65. Um, you were still able to live now. So it's that, it's that the balancing act of, okay, um, I know this is my end goal. I do want to start pulling from retirement um, in about 
eight to nine years. But I also want to make sure that right now I'm taking care of myself. I'm able to move my body. I'm traveling at least um, once a, a quarter or something. And um, I have these experiences under my belt. And then once I am retired, because well, I'm not I'm not claiming that you're passing a year after your retirement. Uh, it's true that we don't know. Obviously, we don't know what we don't know. We don't know how long we're going to be here, but you still want to plan as if you are going to be here for the long term. So I still want you to aim for that 20 years of growth still because you will have almost a million dollars in your retirement account that you can live off of. Got you. Thank you. Okay. And I may, I can see that. That makes it a little easier. Um, yes. Because like you're talking and I was like, oh, do I, need, I need to buy a house. <laughs> like there are other things that I was like, and I was like, yeah, I'm not, you know. I'll get it. I'll get there when I get there. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, this houses aren't going anywhere. No. And then you're focusing on one thing at a time, especially since you are the gypsy <laughs> anyway, and you're traveling all over the place. Maybe buying a house isn't something that you necessarily have to focus on right now, um, unless you're using it as like um, an additional income source for real estate investing or, you know, having that rental income. I, I could definitely see that. But I don't think that based off of our conversation that the house buying even crossed my mind whatsoever, because <laughs> that's not your, that's not your long-term goal. Your long-term goal is to um, travel and enjoy life as much as possible until you possibly settle down again. And if not, you still just going to be traveling, living your best life. And heck, you might find you somebody while you're traveling. <laughs> Go claim that also. Okay. <laughs> so like right now, I, I, I know we came in with your um, main focus being on retirement, but your focus really needs to be on your income. And then I'll briefly talk about, you know, leaving something behind for your nieces and nephews. Cause I know the information is thrown together for people who aren't married and don't have kids. It's like, Oh, y'all don't have anything to plan for you a whole lot. If anything, you have a lot more to plan for because you need to make sure that your stuff is going where it needs to. And there's nobody else that's going to be, um, directly dealing with everything. Um, so you're going, uh, once you get to the point where you've established income, you're going to uh, want to speak to an estate planning attorney um, so they can walk you through creating a trust, not just a will because a will does not bypass probate and taxes get real expensive in probate. Okay. <laughs> um, the will is great, you know, as a starting point, but eventually you are going to want to set up either a revocable or irrevocable trust so you can leave assets to your nieces and nephews if that's what you decide that you want to do. Let's see. Um, I am also a teacher and we definitely have to know how to budget being paid once a month with your school. Are you getting um, any outside financial assistance? It's a good question. It's a good question. No. No. Okay. No. Then, <laughs> now, does she mean me personally or for the school? Um, you see, it's being paid once a month with your, oh, with your school. Oh, so yes, yeah, so yes, we have applied for some grants and some sponsorships. So I think one of the grants we are approved for, and we're waiting on some more grants to come through. So yes, we will be getting some outside financial assistance um, to help with the school and the funding. Yes. That's good. And with those grants, you should be able to still pay yourself something over the next couple of months, even if it's yeah. $1,500. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Um, and then she asked another, or I'm assuming they asked another question. Also, have you been practicing your lifestyle adjustments with a budget or will that be the focus for the next five months? It's a great question too. Um, so I'm practicing, I, I made a move. So I moved from Memphis to Miami. So I had already started practicing. Like this is, this is all the money you get. Like, even though it's in the account, <laughs> this is all we're going to spend and how is it going to function? So one of the things that shifted was I went from having to pay rent to being able to live with family in the middle, like while I'm doing this. So that was a significant reduction because basically that was my rent, <laughs> what I was making there. <laughs> um, and so the other expenses that come with rent, parking, um, and then just having um, the deduction and travel. So tra where, I, where I'm going now to where the school is located now is completely different to what I was doing before. Mm -hmm. So yes, I did start practicing. Thank you. That's that's a good point too. I did start practicing the adjustment uh, from the, this income going down to this income. And it was hard. I was like, oh, yeah, I like to eat out. I'm a foodie. Yes. <laughs> we got food at home. We got food at home. I just went grocery shopping. Yeah. Um, and even grocery shopping changed like, um, you know, just... You know, I'm a I'm a pescatarian, mm -hmm. um, so I, I food is a little cheaper. I don't need meat. I don't need hamburgers. I don't need certain things. Um, I love Aldi now. Like so, just even all of those changes <laughs> and adjustments. But thank you, thank you for those questions. Yes, um, they were really good. Mum, yeah. Mum P Candy 07. P Candy. That was really good. Yes. Um, yeah. And then to focus on the next five months, you're right. Just being able to stay within that budget. Absolutely. Cause, and then even when you start making more money, because you practice staying in that budget, you now have more disposable income that you can use for retirement and traveling. So you're still living on a budget, but you're also being able to create that balance of, all right, well this weekend I'm going to the Virgin Islands. Don't bother me. <laughs> or, or, you know, I'm about to head over to um, Egypt and, you know, on this vacation, whatever, the, wherever you decide to go, you, now that you've practiced this new budget, you have that disposable income that's taking care of retirement and taking care of your need to want to enjoy life even before you retire. Um, so it, yeah. it's setting you up for now and after retirement too. So that was a really great, those are were really yes. great questions. Yes. All right. So I know retirement, again, was the main focus, but your main focus over the next couple of months is just maintaining that, um, that the practice budget and the new income. Um, once you get your income set up and you are comfortable with that, then we can probably do like a part two session where we really dive deeper into the retirement account aspect. But I um, still want you to make sure that you call the uh, servicers for the other retirement accounts and have them roll over um, if that is possible. Okay. Um, if they cannot roll it over right now, or since you are planning on leaving the school district, then I would probably wait to see what um, that tax strategist says about opening up your retirement account for your business, because it might miss, just make more sense for you to roll it over into your SEP IRA. Um, and then we got to work on how we're going to allocate uh, those retirement the, your retirement funds. So we don't want the money just sitting in there and not making money. We need it to be actually working for you. Um, so once you do that, uh, send me an email and then we can focus on your allocations. Um, and then on your to-do list, probably no time 
before you your income is is acclimated, you're going to start researching some um, estate planning attorneys in your area, and you're going to vet them out to make sure that they actually know what they're talking about. Um, there is this lady on Instagram. I think it's Law Mother or something like that. I'll send um, you her information, but they, she has a free resource that tells you what you should look for in your um, estate planning attorney, so that you aren't getting fooled. Because there, I'm I'm an avid DIYer, but when it comes to legal stuff, I'm not DIYing nothing, and I'm not telling anybody to DIY anything. So. <laughs> Um, you want to make sure that you go through that checklist. Um, so when you are vetting these people that you can be comfortable, uh, when it's time for you to start setting up your, your will and your, um, your trust for your nieces and nephews. And it's important because I come from a family that my great grandparents had everything set up. Yes. My grandparents had everything set up. My mom and dad had almost everything set up and then they got it straight. Um, cause I was just listening to the news with Aretha Franklin's family and I was like, Oh no, no, no. Yes. And you don't want anybody, like when people are supposed to be grieving over you, you don't want to give them any extra work to do. Um, exactly. so setting up that irrevocable or revocable trust, depending on what you and the estate planning attorney talk about is something that needs to be done, um, sooner than later. But of course, after your uh, income is established. Okay. And then the next time, because you're going to be another part two guest, we're going to get into the allocations for your retirement. <laughs> I love that. But thank you so much. First of all, thank you for just giving us regular people uh, <laughs> this opportunity to connect with you. I do follow you already, so I already knew. I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> let me put my name in there. Um, because it's, it's um, I think sometimes, not I think, it is always difficult for educators to get financial help because we're not set up like the rest of the civilian, <laughs> kind of civilian world. I was not, it's not set up like the military, it's not set up like traditional businesses. And so when people are like, oh, go in and negotiate your contract, baby, that's not negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> <that's not> <laughs> you look at a little, you look at a little chart. <laughs> this is how much they're gonna pay you. And you may get a bonus depending on if it's Title One or you know, charter a gifted school or how many degrees or if you have a master's. And so a lot of times when it's hard for us to find people who can speak to us about money because they don't always get the underlying facts about it. So thank you for doing that. Of course. And my goal this year was to make sure that I made more genuine connections and have more conversations um, because, I mean, I've been in education for a little bit, but I'm still technically kind of in education uh, just on the financial yeah. side. And I know that there are not a lot of people who have like these genuine conversations around everything pertaining to life because people make it seem like numbers are just black and white. They are, but how you got to those numbers weren't. <laughs> so we got to talk about everything and being able to talk about real world experiences just makes it a lot easier. And it, for me, it makes it a lot more fun because I get to connect with you guys a lot more and I get to have um, conversations that is, instead of just teaching at and talking at people. <laughs> I love it. And then I think, um, oh, she's been teaching for seven years. So just hang in there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your seven years. I appreciate you. And congratulations on that master's degree. Uh, that congratulations. Yes. All right. Well, Miss Benita, I really appreciate you for being a guest on the A Balanced Life podcast. I am going to send you some homework. 
uh, by tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> and if you have any questions, always send me an email and I'll be more than happy to clarify with, with anything. Um, but before I let you go, do you have anything you want to add or ask? I do not. Thank you. Just, I mean, it, even in talking and even in when we, when we came on to do, um, I learned a lot about what I needed to do with the retirement that I already have, but then going into the income and then coming back around to visit retirement again, which is okay. Like it's, it's okay to pivot and pause and then reset. So that was just good to be comfortable understanding that. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Again, thank you. And I will talk to you soon, ma'am. Bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. So that was Miss Benita. Um, she was my second guest for the A Balanced Life podcast. I'm so excited and happy to be able to connect with her and talk with her about, you know, just transitioning um, and starting over in her 40s. Um, oftentimes, a lot of us think that we need certain things <laughs> uh, with our finances and then realize after a conversation that we might need to put that down and focus on something else. So I really appreciate everyone for um, tuning in. If you have any questions, you can drop them in the comment section after this live is over and I'll go through and answer them. And then if you want to be a guest on the Balance Life podcast and have your own strategy session, there is a link in the description box if you're on YouTube and or in the pinned comment. And if you're watching this on Facebook, I'll go ahead and drop it in the comment section as well. But until next time, peace, love, and bags, y'all.